welcome to My Cat the Podcast, the show where each episode I talk with a different guest about a cat that has changed their lives. I'm your host, Mark Ahrens, and today on the podcast, I'll be talking to Lisa about her farm cat, Max. Lisa Erickson is a retired teacher and author from Canada. She grew up and currently lives on a farm near Lyleton, Manitoba, where cats have played an ever-present part in her life. Her honourable roll call includes Matriarch Fluff, Gentle Tom, Beautiful Peebe and Sister Max, Riser, Dilly, Angel and Kittens, Bandit and Moonsy, Tuxedo Cat Chuck, Chairman Meow, Sister Fluffity, Misty Smokey, Tux, Soxy, Chonkers and Walter, the stories of some of whom are included in her novel No Ordinary Cats. But today, we're going to speak about Max, a feisty tabby with an aversion to change who knew her own mind and took her time to find her people. So, without further ado, here's Lisa talking to me about her cat, Max. So what exactly is it, your farm? We have uh, beef cattle, as well as some green farming as well, too. Um, When my husband started, he farmed with his father and then his grandfather. And my older son, Nick, was not interested in any aspect of farming whatsoever. But as he grew older and tried different careers, he came to the realization that farming, especially grain farming, was something he was very interested in. My husband, on the other hand, was always primarily a beef cattle farmer. And of course, wherever there is grain, there are rodents. And wherever there are rodents, there are cats. So I'm guessing cats must have played a pretty significant part in your life. They did. Even from the time I was a small child, when I was going through my mother's belongings after her death, I found a picture of me taken when I was perhaps not quite three years old. And I'm holding a little wicker basket. And in that wicker basket are two tiny, fluffy, gorgeous, white, blue-eyed kittens. And I can't tell exactly what I was thinking, but I can tell by the look on my face that I was absolutely besotted with those kittens. And that is something that has stayed with me my entire life. How many cats do you have at the moment? Currently, I own six. Six. They are all, yeah, (laughs) six. They are all outdoor cats. They are very cosseted, very spoiled. Uh, They are well-fed. They have a special winter home built completely for them. They really do have the life of Riley. Are all of them tame or did some of them come from feral colonies? Yeah, during COVID, the last of my senior cats sadly passed away at the ripe old age of 19, which is a good old age for an outdoor cat. And I was incredibly lonely. I needed a feline presence. And a friend of mine had a mother cat who had had seven kittens, which is a large litter for a cat. And Brian and I went to her place and chose two beautiful little gray and white puffballs. They came to our house later in the summer of the first year of COVID, and their names were Misty and Smokey. And last summer, a stray pregnant mother cat appeared on the premises. It took me quite a while to get her gentled. I would feed her, stand back and let her approach, let her call the shots. 
And eventually it got to the point where I could, you know, scratch her behind the ears. And when we got to that point that evening, she was in my lap. And later that fall, she had five babies, one of whom sadly did not survive. But the four remaining ones did. And I added them to Misty and Smokey. And now we are currently up to six. Six cats is practically living the dream. Um, But today... We're going to talk about a cat that you had many years ago. We're going to talk about Max. Maybe just to get us started, could you describe Max? What she looked like, her character, just to give us a picture of what kind of cat she was. Yeah, Max was a tabby. She had fairly significant ginger undertones on her tummy. Um, She was very feisty, very independent. And we found that she would accept attention. She would accept caresses. She would accept being picked up. But we never got the impression that she absolutely adored that. She never cuddled with us on our beds. She never, you know, slept with us on the couch during a nap. So she was a little bit different in that regard. And one of the things that was really characteristic of her was her fabulous hunting ability. I had never seen a cat prior to that time being able to snatch a bird out of midair as it flew down toward her if she would be lying out on the grass. Yeah, I have a bit of a totally unresearched theory that tabbies make the best hunters. How did you guys come together? What was the start of the story for Lisa and Max? She came to us under rather unusual circumstances. She was born in a barn that belonged to my grandparents. And we don't know for certain what happened to her and her sister's remaining litter mates, whether a passing tomcat got them, as often happens sometimes in a barn situation. A weasel could have been any other sort of threat as well, too. But we decided to take the two remaining kittens, Max and her other sister, PB, which was short for poor baby, home to our house. And it was unusual because these were the first house cats we had ever had. And the timing of it sort of struck me as different. Why would mom decide suddenly that we needed house cats when everything else in our world was so topsy-turvy? because my father was terminally ill with colon cancer. And it just seemed a really funny time to bring cats into the mix. But I realized many years later what her reasoning was for doing that. My father was a green farmer and a cattle farmer, loved his livestock. And I think in a very small way, having the kittens to look after, because PB especially had very specific medical needs. Her eyes were very inflamed and sore and required daily washes and medication administration. And it was something for dad to do as his illness progressed and there was less and less that he could do every day. And how was that, both in terms of the effect it had on your father to suddenly have this point of focus, but also for you as a family? To have the energy of two young kittens in the house during what must have been an incredibly challenging time. Dad had always loved being outdoors. And even though he couldn't be outside anymore, the kittens brought the element of outdoors and their energy and life 
into the house and it even allowed him to still keep his veterinary skills a little bit up to standard by cleaning their eyes every day, by administering their antibiotics. And it gave us something to focus on other than his illness, which was in our minds every minute of the day and most of the evening as well too. So from there, how did your relationship with Max then evolve over time? So after my father passed away, I transferred to a university halfway across Canada, out into Vancouver. And at that point, I only saw Max during my university and holiday breaks. And I missed having that cat contact to the extent that whenever I saw a stray cat wandering through the city, the first thing I would be doing is down on my knees and come here, kitty, kitty, kitty. I just needed a cat contact. So after I graduated, my first teaching job took me back home. And after two years, I moved quite a ways away to a different town and a different school. And I was unhappy in that position for many, many reasons. And I thought bringing Max with me for company might be a good idea. So one afternoon, as I was getting ready to go back, I put her in her carrier, put all her things in the car. It was a four-hour drive to get to where my new school was. It was a horrendous, horrendous ride. She managed to get herself out of the carrier, rocking back and forth. I could, you know, look in my rearview mirror and see her rocking back and forth in the carrier. The carrier door popped open. She exploded from the carrier and spent the rest of that drive hiding basically under my driver's seat, reaching out a long leg and thrashing at my ankles. She did not settle in to my new home, which was a little, I guess, what the Brits would call like a caravan or a camper van. It was a trailer. And Max wasn't happy in the house. I was always afraid when I let her out. I worried for her when she was inside. I worried about her when I was at work. I worried about her when she, you know, just couldn't seem to settle. So after three very long nights, where both of us were extraordinarily unhappy. She was bundled back into the carrier and returned home. And she was absolutely delighted to be there. And I was delighted, quite frankly, to to bring her back home because clearly she was unhappy with me. So a few years after that, Max moved with my mom to a larger city. And Max absolutely hated city life as well, too. It had all of the things that she did not like noise, traffic, concrete, no trees, hunting possibilities were very minimal. And she drove my mom crazy as well, too, by running away, by digging in the flower beds, by shredding the new curtains, all sorts of things that unhappy cats do. So after a period of time, mom realized that Max needed somewhere else to go. And she brought her back down to live with me and my husband and my then one-year-old son, Nick. She had her ways, didn't she? She she wanted to be back on the farm. She wanted farm life. Yeah, she totally knew what she wanted. And that was one of the things I think I admired about her. I wish, you know, I could always be as definitive in thinking of the things that I want and the things I need to do for myself. She knew it and I loved her for that. 
you obviously knew Max for a long time by this point, and by the sounds of things, like many cats, she didn't love change. Um, how was it integrating her into your lives, into your family? It took a little while for Max to acclimate herself, not only to you know the differences on the farm, but the fact that we had a farm dog. And his name was Bruce. And the two of them took a little bit of time to get used to one another. But they sort of had a, you know, detente where Max realized that if she didn't run, Bruce wouldn't chase her. And they were able to come to some sort of agreement after that. I'm fascinated by this relationship between the farm cat and the farm dog. (laughs) Did they eventually become friends? And they did become friends. Yeah, they did become friends. And the boys were thrilled because they had two gentle animal souls to play with, and they loved them both dearly. So how old was she when she came back to live with you on the farm? When she came back to us, she was 11 years old. And by that time, she was experiencing a few health issues. She seemed to have some problems with her back legs. Her hips appeared to bother her. She would be kind of stiff uh, when we went out to feed her in the morning. But that didn't seem to bother her at all when it came to interacting with my kids. And how did she take to that? How did she take to being introduced to young children? She loved Nick basically from the moment they met. His uh, younger brother, Brian, followed uh, four and a half years later. And Brian absolutely adored Max as well, too. I have a video taken of the two of them. Uh, Brian was perhaps nine months old. He's sitting up and he's clutching Max and Max is purring like a little locomotive. And I'm trying to tell Brian, you know, be gentle, be gentle. And he's exploring her fur with his little fingers as if to try and find out where exactly that purr is coming from. (laughs) We had a little bit of a game we played. Because even though Max was not supposed to be in the house, my husband is not really a cat person. When it came close to lunchtime or supper time, when their father would be home, they would play with the cats close to the sliding door that was on our deck. And as soon as they could see their father's truck round the bend, they would wait until their father opened the porch door. They had this choreographed really, really well. The porch door would open, the sliding door would open, the cat would go out dad would come in. (laughs) How was she then as a much older cat? Um, The winters you have in Manitoba are quite extreme. I guess she must have lived a much tougher life than, say, my cats have or any of the cats that I look after. How was that on her? How how was she as she grew into an elderly cat? Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. You know, winters in Manitoba can be beautiful. They can be brutal. They can be brutally beautiful. Uh, We had a little shed uh, not too far away from the house where we had Max's winter home. And if you can sort of imagine a series of straw bales stacked into a square with a heat lamp suspended over that, a cushion to keep her off, off the cold ground, and her own quilt, of course. I am a sewer, so everyone in the house and the cats included uh, have their own quilts. And as she grew a little bit older, we found that the winters were a little bit harder on her. I think as she grew older as well, too, she had problems with regulating her body heat. And probably 
in the couple of years before her death, she became just a little bit more withdrawn. The boys too at that time were getting a little bit older and had interests outside of the house too, but always made time for Max when they were home. And as many old cats do, she just seemed to sense that her time was near. And as old cats will, if they have any control over the situation and the mobility of their legs, they will leave. And they leave quietly and without fanfare and they don't come back. Um, one morning, Max wasn't here. The boys weren't super alarmed because in the past she would, you know, go out on hunting expeditions. But as she grew older, she tended to stay closer to home. But they weren't overly alarmed after the first morning. But after three or four days had passed and she hadn't returned, they understood that she had gone and was not coming back and had chosen her own way in which to leave the world. And how old was she at that point? She was 19. And how was that? I mean, for you and your boys, for you, I guess you'd been in your life for a very long time. And for your boys, it's... It's quite a formative experience to lose a pet for the first time. For sure. I think perhaps it may be a bit of a generalization, but I think farm children have a better understanding of the fact that things can happen to your outdoor pets. Um, Kittens can crawl up underneath a warm vehicle. Uh, Puppies not paying attention can be run over by a vehicle passing through the yard. So I think farm kids maybe understand that death happens to their pets. But it's still, yeah, it's still very, very difficult. And it was tough for me, too, because Max's passing seemed to be one of the last links that I still had with my dad. How old were Max and PB when they came into your life? Um, They were probably, I want to say maybe about six weeks old, actually a little too young to be removed from their mother. But we just felt that the threat to their safety was paramount. And then, as I mentioned, I think mom did really want something at home for dad to do, something that he could, that could give him a purpose. And how long was he able to care for them for? Um, this would have been in April, and he died at the end of July of 1980. Wow. So he really spent his final few months making sure those two kittens survived. He did. I'm sure he'd have been very proud to know that you kept her alive until she was 19. Oh, thank you. 19 years is such a long period of time. Um, What would you say you learned from Max in your time together? Yeah, just give me a second. (laughs) Okay. Can you say that again? (laughs) Of course. Um, Max was part of your life for not only a long period of time, but a really crucial period of time in your young adult life um, from both losing parents but also starting to raise a family. What would you say you learned from her and your relationship during that time together? I think I learned that sometimes it just takes a while to find the people who really connect with you. And being an introvert, I can sometimes relate to that. Um, I have very few really close friends. And 
sometimes, yeah, it just takes a while to find the people who really click with you. And I think with Max, it was waiting for my boys. They were the people. They were her persons with whom she really clicked. And I loved that about her. I loved that she loved them. Max features in your book, No Ordinary Cats, which is available through Friesen Press and Amazon.com. Tell me a bit about the book. What inspired it and how did it all come together? Uh, The book was inspired by the passing of one of my beloved cats, Chairman Meow. And I found that after Chairman died, I wanted to write about things that had happened to him, things that I had imagined had happened to him, and also to process the fact of his death. The death of a young cat is always a shock. And we didn't know precisely the events that led up to Chairman's death. And I needed to put it into words to process that. And after I had written about Chairman, I realized that all of the other cats who had owned not only me, but my boys, had fascinating lives. And they all deserved a voice too. So in essence, the book sort of wrote itself backwards. Initially, I was thinking that this would just be something I wanted my boys to have to read. I hadn't thought about publication when I first put this together. I just wanted it to be more something of memories and stories that the boys would remember about the pets that they had loved very much while they were still young and still living here. It's really lovely. It's like... um... A love letter to all the cats that have left an imprint on your life. I guess it resonated with me in a way because it's kind of what I've been trying to do with this podcast is make an audio digital scrapbook of these cats and these relationships that have had lasting impacts on people. So in that vein, if you were able to write and send a letter to Max, what would you say? I think I would just simply tell her, thank you. Thank you for being gentle and tolerant of all of the awkward, clumsy love that a toddler will bestow upon a cat. Thank you for not only just being a link to my parents, but it was also a link to my grandparents too and the small village in which we all grew up. My father's hands touched her My boy's hands touched her. There was that link between the generations, even though they never had a chance to meet one another. I'm very grateful that she was a part of my life. She fostered such a love of the species in both of my boys. My older son, Nick, actually lives on an acreage not far away from where the old barn was where Max was born. And He is currently feeding probably five of his own cats and 15 strays who visit him regularly. And for Brian, a weekend home is not complete unless he can spend lots of time outside with the six current cats. Uh, Lap time is one of his favorite things to do when he comes home. And Max definitely planted the seed for all of that. Thank you, Lisa. That's great. One of my favourite things about making this podcast 
is speaking to people from different parts of the world, from all sorts of backgrounds, and seeing not only the warmth and love that people express for their cats, but how often people's stories of their pets are intertwined with the idea of family. Max clearly occupies a special place in the heart of Lisa's family. How could she not? A companion of 19 years, she connects her past to her future, linking some of the most beloved people in her life. Rescued and reared by her mother and father, cherished and adored by her sons Brian and Nick. A gift to the future. Nurtured by ailing hands and explored by baby's fingers. We all create mythologies around our family pets, filling in gaps with imagined interactions to create stories that get trotted out every year. The time the rabbit climbed the tree, or when the tortoise disappeared on a three-month-long adventure, or that year the cat and the dog teamed up to steal the Christmas turkey. I really admire how Lisa has combined her skill as a writer with her love for her cats to turn hers and her boys' mythology into what is a beautiful read for any cat lover. And it all started with Max. It can take time to find your people. And in Lisa's family, Max was lucky enough to find three generations of humans that clearly loved her dearly. Thanks for listening. Please help us spread the word. Like, subscribe, share with your friends, follow us on social media. And if you have any comments, questions, or you'd like to share your own cat story, please get in touch at mycatthepodcast at gmail.com or drop me a message on Instagram. I hope to hear from you soon, but until then, join me next time for more cat tales on My Cat the Podcast. Meow for now.